The IDF will immediately use all its strength to destroy the capabilities of Hamas. We will defeat them to death and take revenge for this black day they have inflicted on the state of Israel and its citizens. On October 9th, 48 hours after Hamas launched from its Gaza redoubt an assault upon Israel in which more than 1,400 people were killed, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu promised a response that would, quote, change the Middle East. We will change the face of reality in the Gaza Strip 50 years forward. What was in the past is not what will be. One does not require an especially long memory to recall eerily similar hubris being prompted by a horrendous terrorist atrocity. After the Al-Qaeda attacks on the United States of September 11th, 2001, UK Prime Minister Tony Blair was among the quickest to vow that from calamity and chaos would emerge a new and more robust order. This is a moment to seize. The kaleidoscope has been shaken. The pieces are in flux. Soon they will settle again. Before they do, let us reorder this world around us. A partial success? As of this broadcast, we are approaching the end of the fourth week of Israel's response to October 7th. It has been brutal. According to local authorities, more than 8,000 people have been killed inside the Gaza Strip. The UN reckons that more than 1.4 million people, slightly over half Gaza's population, have been displaced. One independent estimate of the destruction so far suggests that 10% of Gaza's housing already lies in ruins. Many of those people will have no homes to return to. And this is before the generally anticipated full-scale ground invasion of Gaza gets properly underway. The question which Israel has not clearly answered is precisely how it now intends to change the Middle East, what it perceives as the endgame of a war which, Netanyahu has already cautioned, will be long, difficult and dangerous. Calls for a ceasefire are calls for Israel to surrender to Hamas, to surrender to terrorism, to surrender to barbarism. That will not happen. Israel will fight until this battle is won. And Israel will prevail. There are two possible reasons why Israel is being vague about this. One is the basic wartime imperative to keep one's enemy guessing. The other is that Israel, still acting from entirely understandable shock, rage, grief and embarrassment, none emotions conducive to clear strategic thinking, is still trying to figure this out. This conflict has already furnished more portentous prognostication and wild speculation than anybody can or should consume, but it is worth trying to sketch some sort of outline of what Israel's war aims might be. One suggestion is that Israel will seek to reduce already cramped and crowded Gaza even further, establishing and fortifying a dead zone in the style of the DMZ that divides Korea atop the rubble of the Strip's outer neighbourhoods. This, however, would not prevent further rocket barrages from whatever territory Hamas is left with. 
Another is that Israel could partially or completely resume its occupation of Gaza and return the military presence, perhaps even the settlements, which were removed in 2005. The obvious argument against this is that it provides Hamas with even handier targets and invites international opprobrium, although the good opinion of anyone else does not presently appear high on Israel's list of priorities. For what it may be worth, however, Israel's president, Isaac Herzog, who may have been sending a message to his turbulent prime minister, has emphasised that Israel is not interested in taking long-term charge of Gaza. The most apocalyptic prophecy is that Israel is bent not only on taking the territory of Gaza, but evicting its population. There are doubtless those in Israel's government who entertain fervid fantasies of such an exodus, but this appears reliant on the cooperation of Egypt, which, lest we forget, has long been party to Israel's blockade of Gaza and wants nothing less than at once two million aggrieved Palestinians and a rump Hamas with the whole Sinai desert to regroup in. It is depressingly telling, however, that what seems the most plausible option also seems the least likely. This would be the one under which Hamas is removed from power in Gaza, or whatever is left of it, and replaced by a revivified Palestinian authority. This notion has been floated by US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. There are basically two paths that are before the region right now. One is the path of normalization, of integration, of people working together. It's not a substitute for resolving the differences between Israelis and Palestinians. On the contrary, it needs to be used to advance that effort as well. But that's one path. The other path is what we've seen from Hamas. Terrorism. Horror. The difficulty here is that the Palestinian Authority, currently more or less in charge on the West Bank, is run by Hamas's rival faction Fatah, presided over by the deeply unimpressive of Mahmoud Abbas, an elderly crook, and Fatah would not be endeared any further to the people of Gaza if they were perceived as Israeli puppets. And at any rate, Abbas, mindful of his own political and indeed physical survival, might be unenticed by such a proposition. From the flight of fancy file, there is the idea of internationalising Gaza and making it a protectorate of the United Nations. In many respects, it's an appealing thought. There could be a massive reconstruction programme, possibly financed by some of the wealthy Arab countries who have spent decades pretending to care about the Palestinian cause in the service of their own agendas. Saudi Arabia could turn Gaza into another Dubai and not notice the money was missing. A UN peacekeeping mission might oversee the build-up to properly monitored new elections. All we'd need to make that happen is an Israeli government open to pragmatic compromise, Palestinian leadership more interested in reality than delusion, Arab allies willing to regard Palestine as a neighbour to be helped rather than a flag to be waved, and other countries willing to commit troops to a mission which would make Bosnia circa 1992 appear relatively straightforward. It is clear enough that Israel intends to make a recurrence of October 7th impossible by permanently ending the ability of Hamas to use Gaza as any kind of forward operating base. But Israel will defend its people and do whatever it takes with an iron fist to change the reality. 
This is, in and of itself, a perfectly sensible and indeed desirable objective. But if it was one which could be easily accomplished, Israel would have done it before now. Israel's most recent incursions into Gaza in 2008 and 2014 were relatively brief but nonetheless bloody punitive raids, a tactic cynically and complacently described in some Israeli circles as mowing the grass. A full-scale uprooting will be something else entirely. For Monocle Radio, I'm Andrew Muller.